Hey everyone, and welcome to the Kodakery. I'm Megan. And I'm Josh. Dan Armbruster of the band Joywave joined us this week on the podcast. Joywave was formed in Rochester, New York, the home of Kodak, and grew up surrounded by the brand. We were able to meet up with Dan in his studio to chat about the band and their upcoming album, Content, which will be released July 28th. His passion for music and the band shone through, and we had great fun learning about their journey. So, let's jump into the Kodakery and talk with Dan. Hey everybody, welcome to the Kodakery. And we are actually in the recording studio for the band Joywave with the lead singer and songwriter, Daniel Armbruster. Dan, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so let's tell our listeners a little bit about Joywave. How long have you guys been together? Uh, as Joywave, since about 2010, but all of us were in bands together dating back to like 2002. So we've been doing it for quite a while. Different iterations yes. of Joywave. Yeah. Okay, and what does the name mean? Uh, nothing. It's the uh, the name we came up with the day we gave up on naming the band. <laughs> it was so funny because we spent, there was like a week where we didn't practice in early 2010 because we were trying to come up with a band name. <laughs> and we would all get together at my parents' house and talk about it for two hours. And eventually we were like, shouldn't we be playing our instruments or writing a song or <laughs> doing something else? So everyone was like, Joywave is fine. And then we moved on. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. So um, you guys are signed with Hollywood Records, correct? Yes. How, uh, tell, tell our audience a little bit about kind of how all that came about. Sure. Uh, well, we, we released a song called Tongues from a mixtape called 88888 in 2013. And uh, we put the song on SoundCloud and it got a lot of traction very quickly. And a bunch of record labels started to call us. And uh, I had personally had a lot of experience with record labels just at various points in uh, the band's various iterations of them talking to me and saying, keep us posted, uh, <laughs> you know, and not not helping us in any way, shape or form. So all those people started calling us when the song went viral and said, Dan, why don't we talk about that record deal that we were, uh, you know, uh, going to do before, but now are definitely going to do. And Hollywood was the only group of people that we hadn't ever talked to so uh, i wasn't mad at them nice yeah <laughs> excellent so, and, and it was obviously their game um, right yeah so so you've released we've, under we've obviously turned disney into a uh, giant multi-billion dollar company right. now mm-hmm. before i mean marvel and star wars nothing to do with it <laughs> it's all about joy Wave. that's right the stock has skyrocketed since 2013 yep yep so what's it like being on a label um what are some of the perks uh well i guess you have larger budgets to do things i mean before everything we'd made musically was just you know we had one microphone and a laptop i mean i remember making records in the mid 2000s where we would record drums one drum hit at a time where we would move the microphone from like a hi-hat to a snare to a kick drum and then i would copy paste and organize the hits around because we only had one good microphone. Wow. Um, so now as we sit in our studio with uh, lots of very cool equipment that I never really thought I would have, uh, I guess that's the that's the biggest perk. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. And, and you probably get to work with a lot of really great you know, other musicians, people that you've always wanted to work with. Have you had some kind of dream experiences so far as you've been uh, putting out the music? 
we've had um there were some cool things like uh Giorgio Moroder did a remix of uh, our song Tongues which was pretty cool um I guess we we've been in a lot of places in a lot of rooms that like I never thought I would be in like there was uh one time our our old manager was close with Damon Albarn from like the 90s he worked at Geffen and uh, I, I stood silent in a conversation with our manager and Damon Albarn for like 30 minutes. And I was just like, why am I here right now? Right. Well, I mean, you know, in a good way. Like I didn't have anything. I didn't need to tell Damon Albarn that he's good at music. Like I feel like someone else already told him that. So I just stood and listened. But a lot of things like that were it's I don't know, just crazy. I'm having heart palpitations just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. um, you have a new album coming out on July 28th, correct? Yes. And that album's called Content? It's called Content. Content. Excellent. But it's interesting that you uh, that you made that mistake. It's almost like everyone who reads it on the internet will think it's called Content. How do you feel about that? Great. <laughs> Deliberate and great. Um, I thought it was fun to make something that another human being had to tell you the title in person because a search engine, in English anyway, can't tell the difference between the words content and content, which obviously mean very different things. That's awesome. <laughs> and does any of the album reflect any of that sentiment? Yeah, like the whole thing. Okay, um, there you it's, go. <laughs> it's definitely about finding, you know, what makes you happy and is personal to you in the void of just drowning content of everything, constantly drowning out the thing that came five minutes before it. Speaking of content, yes. um, <laughs> you mentioned that um, you were on SoundCloud and mm-hmm. got a lot of hits on that. Where would you say, is what is the most important platform right now that people are getting your music on? Um, I probably can't pick a, a favorite streaming service because I'll get yelled at. Not favorite. It's more like, where do you think most S- of your... Streaming f- services. Oh, okay. Yes. Both streaming. Um, yeah. But... Uh, Basically, playlisting is massive now. And things like SoundCloud have kind of, I think, fallen by the wayside a little bit. For us, like, blogs were really huge. And there's not a lot of that happening now. Um, It's really just... I I guess for a while, you know, I think from the beginning of time until, like, 2005 or so, it was like the major labels were all gatekeepers, right? It was like they would sign whatever band they were going to sign or artists, dump a ton of money into it, and people would be blasted by it. Like you think about when you were a teenager or something like, like why did I buy what? Like, why did I like Limp Bizkit? You know, because, it was, in your because face. it was sold to me constantly as like a thing about like my parents don't understand me or whatever, but like Fred Durst really gets me, <laughs> you know? So, so the major labels were these gatekeepers and then, you know, MySpace happened and blogs and SoundCloud and, and everything. And suddenly it was really, really decentralized and, the record labels were all catching up and it was like they were looking for things where uh, the work had already been done for them. Like if someone had whatever, a million MySpace friends or something like it was a no brainer. You sign the artist, the fan base is already there. They did it by themselves, um, which, which was exciting for the artist, right? Cause the, the platform is suddenly very level, but also if everyone has access to it, it's like, you know, you make a record by yourself, but so do, a hundred million other people. And I, I think that that kind of led people to pay less attention to blogs and all the social stuff Yeah, because it was just, you know, constantly drowning with new artists. And it was like, oh, I don't have time to check all this out. 
And then curation happened with the streaming services like Spotify and Apple Music. And now it's really easy, like uh, with Release Radar and like Discover Weekly. Like Spotify sends you an email once a week with 20 songs that their algorithm says you will love. And you I do. do. Yeah, it's <laughs> shocking so how it, much I love them usually. Right. So it's like it took all the guesswork out of it. And you discover great things that you like. And now, but now it's interesting because the tech companies are the gatekeepers, right? Right. So the record labels can sign you and put out whatever they want, but they need the streaming services to play ball, to push it to your email inbox. And then you just accept that I like this and move on with your day. Right. Now, have you seen stuff like, for example, I know Kickstarter or like a band like Radiohead, which obviously is very well established. They did an album where it was like, just pay what you think it's worth. Yeah. Like, have you seen those kinds of things also kind of help keep it decentralized? Or do you think the tech companies really are starting to kind of be the gatekeepers? I think the tech companies are for sure becoming the gatekeepers. Like you think about um, uh, Chance the Rapper's record that came out where it was exclusive to Apple Music for a minute. Like, I don't know how much they paid him, but it was probably insane. And it was push to everybody's phone right. and you know it's I, I, don't, I don't know if it's like good or bad like it's just different i guess and it's like back to gatekeepers yeah although like you said the discover weekly stuff there doesn't seem to be an agenda right least, I, which i appreciate right i think that they just want they can keep you paying for their service if they're making you happy by presenting you with things that you like and and they have uh to some of the services credit like been great about um some of them have have like playlisted like really old songs like uh, our ep coda vista that we put out by ourselves uh they playlisted one of those songs um our friends in a band called cops like they've playlisted some of their songs and for independent artists it's really great because if you get like a million streams like on spotify for example that's six thousand dollars that just goes in your pocket and that paid for your recording and then some yeah um right. so i don't know it, and, and that's cool. cool to know actually because i always wonder how much is actually getting back to the artist from the stream that's services. if you are independent if you are if you're on a label basically each label has i, I don't want to sound like i'm complaining about this because i'm not um some people do because i think they i think more established artists older artists have gripes with this because they remember when it was different to me it's always been this way but each record label receives a sum of money each quarter from each streaming service. And they can, I think like Adele probably makes money <laughs> from it, but uh, like Beyonce probably makes money from right, it. But right. outside of that, it's like, you know, you, you make money when you get like uh an advance for like your record or something or, you know, th- right. things like that along the way. But like if, now I think you just have to, if you're an artist, like you just have to like, I guess, accept that that was what you got paid for that record. And then you hope that people listen to it. But if you're making music because you want to, and you're an artist, like it's fine. Like before I wasn't making any money from music anyway. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. I mean, if you can make a living doing the thing you love, that's yeah. pretty, yeah. pretty fantastic. Right. Yeah. But you also put out like vinyl right. and CDs. Yes. Is that true? Yeah. So maybe you could talk a little bit about the, the other company that you, um, sorry, I can't remember the name of it. Cultco. 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 What yeah, is, yeah, yeah. What's the deal with Cultco? Uh, Cultco is a, a company that uh, it's all the people in Joywave and all the people in uh, our friends band Cops. It's like very Rochester centric. Most of us went to high school together. Um, but it's it's a label, but it's also um, it's just like anything creative that we want to make. Like 
we have like the joy wave coffee and stuff like joe that's wave. A cult, yeah joe wave that's like a cult co <laughs> product so <laughs> cool and i remembered seeing cds on it that's what made right. me yeah 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 it. yep yeah. there's like um yeah cds vinyl stuff like that cool so you nice. offer the full breadth yes of listening choices yes right <laughs> and, and and uh we're we're really big into analog um here at kodak so with the vinyl records and things like that that's something that you've seen really have a return over the last few years yeah and is that something that when you guys are putting out a new album like it's a must do it you have to put out a vinyl absolutely yeah um i i think of vinyl as the most permanent format because when the revolution comes and the internet gets turned off and all of our hard drives are erased uh music won't exist anymore except for vinyl um do you think we'll have electric then too I'm not sure, but I think that if you spin it fast enough with the needle, you don't right. even need power. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a great way to store things. We're going to put a video up of that, people, of, of Daniel spinning a record so fast <laughs> without power. Um, it's actually, uh, I got a, a new record player for Christmas, and one of the coolest things about it was my parents brought some of their old records over and just handed them to us, and we could put them on and we could play them. There wasn't any sort of format or any type of translation that needed to be done from like we see with a lot of the digital stuff every four years there's new formats and everything changes the vinyl record they brought over john denver's greatest hits handed it to me and i could play it yeah it, it was works. awesome and yeah. it was been a really cool way for uh for us to all kind of share in the the music that i listened to when i was a kid and now sharing it with my kids so it's been really it's been really cool so we're um, going to take a little listen to one of the songs from your new album that's coming out content um, so which song are we about to listen to? Uh, the song is called Doubt. Okay, here we go. There's a different types, the wealthy men, the trophy wives, and go home to feed the kids at night. So how come you're in Rochester right now? You guys like off from touring or what's your schedule like? Are you usually living here? Where do you Yeah, okay. yeah, uh, I live here. Oh, okay, um, cool. But uh, yeah, we have a little bit of time off right now and then we are going out on tour uh, August and September with Young the Giant and Cold War Kids. So playing Red Rocks, a lot of, a lot of awesome. cool big places that we've never been. Cool. Yep. What's your rider like? Uh, that's a good question. I don't really know what's on it right now. Bread. Water. Yeah. yeah. Bread, water, peanut butter, jelly, special K <laughs> strawberry bars, uh, cliff bars, one <laughs> thing of Starbucks cold brew iced coffee. Some Joe Wave? No Joe Wave. We should get that on there. Two Fail. coconut waters, one of those Adwala strawberry banana juices. <laughs> Oh, that's it. <laughs> um, so, so you you said that you're from Rochester. You grew yep. up here. Yep. Um, you have an album that you mentioned called Coda Vista. Mm-hmm. You guys uh, have a relationship with Kodak. Could you talk a little bit about it? Yeah. Well, we made we made the record Coda Vista without Kodak's permission, and uh, 
You ha- I I gave you one of the the vinyls of it. Yeah, it's uh, very yep. very Kodak inspired. Um, but yeah, we uh, we're all from Greece, so we're kind of in the thick of Kodak Park. For those of you that don't know, Greece is actually just a town. Yeah, outside the of Rochester. town of Greece, established eighteen ninety eight. Mm. Yeah, so that's ver- just a guess. Very, it's very intertwined with Kodak because it's very close to um, a lot of the buildings that are. Right. Right, mm-hmm. it's where a lot of the manufacturing capacity has been historically. So our our and the neighborhood is called Cota Vista, where uh, our drummer's house is, and where we would, you know, when me and Paul started playing together in like 2002, we would practice in his mom's basement, one street over from the smokestacks. Right, and the smokes the smokestacks are two kind of giant iconic smokestacks in the Eastman Business Park, which was where George large Eastman, tubes that smoke correct comes that out is true of. but again for people who aren't in rochester Dan, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, but and, and a lot of your family worked at kodak correct yeah i think all of us had people uh in our families who worked there at various points my dad worked um worked at kodak for a long time and then he worked at esl when esl spun off from kodak which is like the uh, it was Eastman Savings and Loan yep. for employees of Kodak, uh, but now it's a federal so credit union yep. and ESL doesn't stand for anything. Wow, I did not know that yeah. part. The Savings and Loan scandal in the 80s gave uh, Savings and Loans a bad, a bad name. name. Bad yeah. rap. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. This is great stuff. This if you guys want to know anything else about Kodak, you let me know. <laughs> bring, bring it. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> um, your, um, one of your music videos, Tongues, mm-hmm was shot on 16 millimeter yes uh we didn't select that we showed up and the directors were like we're shooting on 16 millimeter i was like what kind and they were like Kodak. oh nice nice and we if were still said fuji would have you slapped them across the face we would have walked out of there so fast josh <laughs> awesome <laughs> we're leaving that in that was a r- really cool video though i mean it obviously had some sort of so if you haven't seen it press pause go watch it come back it's they're shooting clothes onto people. My butt is in it. Yeah, I, d- I saw it. Um, <laughs> so, so what'd you guys think? It was nice. No. <laughs> <laughs> About what I thought. <laughs> About what I thought. Uh, just a absence of everything. <laughs> Negative space. <laughs> Pencil. <laughs> so. Um, from a from a creative direction standpoint, how much are you guys involved with the videos? Or do you come up with the concepts? Do people bring them to you? Some of them we do, um, but in the past, what we've done mainly is select directors whose body of work we like and um, kind of let them direct the process. They, they usually come to us with a lot of ideas, and they kind of pitch them, and there's something that sticks out, and then we kind of sit down and riff on it, and yeah. So, Dan, you recently shot a teaser video at Kodak Tower. Yes. For your new album, Content. Yes. And we, we, I was there for part of it. We shot it on Super 8. Why did you pick Super 8 film? What is it about film? Uh, the aesthetic of it, um, it felt like the song. Like, the song is very analog feeling, and there's a lot of, like, warbly synth things happening. Um, so, yeah, so most of the... Uh, most of the video is, is Super 8, and then we switched to digital for that last shot to kind of, like jump moods and like jump time i guess yeah yeah and it's like impactful because it like right the wider right suddenly it goes from the the traditional like square into the the full range shot Mm -hmm. that's cool and you purposefully left the gate in on the side the little um yeah 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 that was like a obviously are you supposed to take that out some Some people do some people people do some people leave it in i feel like with 
now I feel like one of the appeals of using film is that it's not perfect. Like if you want oh, yeah. something to be perfect, just do everything digital and fake it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, that makes why total fix sense. that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. it's the spontaneity of an actual like physical medium that, yeah. that people are drawn to, you know, because it is something that, you know, it, it, every frame is different as right. opposed to digital where every frame is essentially a still picture. Right. Yeah. And we've been, we've been shooting, um, some film. Like I just got into it, uh, a few weeks ago, but it's, it's really cool getting the pictures back because you don't know what you're going to get. And, um, Ben, our keyboard player has been shooting a lot too. And some of his came back where like things were just wrong, but in the coolest way, mm-hmm. right? Like, like he, he had one picture come back where half of it was blank, but it was like, uh, palm trees in LA and it seemed like there was a line right down the middle, but some of the trees that were in the foreground managed to fall over into the blank space. And it looked so cool. And it was like, right. he didn't intend for that to happen. It's just happy accidents, which on digital you wouldn't get. Yeah. So you've now been out, you've gone all over the world, mm-hmm. really, on tour. Kind of. <laughs> Where have you not been? Uh, uh, we've been to Europe and North America. That's it. Okay. What yeah. are your your uh European fans like? Uh typically they are uh you know, I don't want to generalize too much, but they are uh 100% American. Oh yeah. <laughs> and are living in Europe. <laughs> 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 yeah. So European fans are uh, non-existent basically. It's just location based. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. But what's it like when you come back to Rochester? Is it kind of like the like centering it's great um i like it here a lot it's a mid-sized city like you know most of the people which is nice it's a lot of people who've known me for a long time (laughs) i think uh one of the things that i like the most about rochester is that it's very insulated from trends versus a lot of the bigger cities um I i think about like the rehearsal spaces that we would rent over the past like 10 15 years and it was basically just metal bands and like, which was cool because like they were doing their thing and they weren't trying to do whatever was cool at this moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, it helped us too in in that, you know, we didn't really like take our eye off the ball where it was like, I feel like if we'd been in Brooklyn or LA or something, it would be like, well, this band down the hall just got massive because they right. have a, uh, an organ in their song or they have a, they have stomps and claps. We should do that, like none of that stuff. So, yeah. yeah, cool. I have a source that told me at one of your concerts here in Rochester. It's probably true. At the end of the concert, yeah, you said you wanted to be the Batman of Rochester. <laughs> yeah, how's that working out? <laughs> uh, everything was going really smoothly until I found out how much it cost to rent the top of uh, the federal building. <laughs> So right, that, that was, was kind of the, yeah, that was kind of the moment where I was like, this is going to be great. I'm going to go up here and just put in one chair and kind of sit and look out at my city. Uh, no. Brood, Did brooding. you have plans brooding of like getting rid of the <laughs> bad guys or? No, I was just, I was oh, going to kind of watch. <laughs> yeah. Like a retired Batman, I right, guess would be more, yeah. <laughs> more accurate. A tattered cape. <laughs> yeah yeah like he's, he's been through a lot uh probably just gonna take some time enjoy it 
I would just like to acknowledge to all Kodakery listeners that this is the first time on the podcast ever that I'm not the one that brought up superheroes. So it's <laughs> true. It's true. Um, do you I'm, usually try to work them in? I, it just happens. He Star, doesn't try. Star Wars or superheroes. Okay. All right. One way or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. I just have a quick question yeah. before we wrap up about um, your audio recording. Yeah. Do you do most of the audio recording or all of it? Yeah. Sean, who's the uh, bass player, and I produce everything. And that was, I mean, by choice, I'm sure you're you're with a label, you could have done whatever you want. That that was one of the reasons that we signed with Hollywood Records instead of anywhere else was that they really liked the song Tongues that we did. And um, they said, who do you want to make the record? And I said, us. And they said, okay. That's great. So, yeah. So we got to do everything ourselves still. We we usually um, have somebody else mix master. it yeah. mm-hmm. um, and master it. Yeah. But uh, it's fun to just kind of sit. Like me and Sean lived in a barn in Honeyway Falls basically for four months making making the new record. And it was just the two of us for a lot of it. Just watching the seasons change on the back deck. And it was pretty cool. It was relaxing. Cool. Uh, Dan, as one final question. One of the things that... For the Kodaker, we've got a lot of young listeners, people trying to pursue film, trying to pursue writing, trying to pursue dreams that are that are big and difficult and hard to kind of overcome. And you have, from Rochester, which isn't the music capital of anywhere, successfully <laughs> launched this band. What advice do you have for people chasing down those big dreams? I guess it's, it's twofold. Um, one is you have to be willing to take whatever it is you want to do to the logical conclusion if that means like you, you basically have to be willing to live without a lot of the things that you think you can have. Like you might not be able to have a car. You might have to live at home with your parents until you're 30. You might not have money to go out to eat. Um, but if achieving whatever that creative goal is, is more important than those things, then you need to keep it more important than those things and hope that it pays off in the long run. Uh, for me it did, but it, it easily could not have. And I would have been okay with that because I like, that is really what makes me feel alive is making things as opposed to having things. But uh, the other really important thing is that you need to not like, it's good to look up to people and have favorite photographers, artists, musicians, whatever, but don't try to make what they make like you like what they make probably because it's real so you need to find what is real to you versus emulating somebody else that's great advice fantastic thank or you or give up <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for uh, joining us it was great talking with you yes absolute pleasure thank you for having us over to the studio thank you for having me it is a great satisfaction to be able to speak to you through the medium of this wonderful invention